1: Happy Friday. This feels like one of the longest weeks of my life. Agreed. I don't know why, but thanks for being with us. Mara Carabello and Greg Hughes on this Valentine's edition. We have nothing loving (laughs) in here, but we'll call it the Valentine's (laughs) edition. Ill the love. Hey, before we dig into politics, are you doing anything special or are you one of those, like, Valentine's Day is
2: stupid things, Greg? Let me just guess. Greg, I bet planned Valentine's Day months in advance and just (laughs) just, shh. Just showers people yeah, with no, gifts yeah. and thoughtful notes.
0: <laughs> I hear your mockery. You know Aww. it is. I will just admit, I am a Neanderthal. I I'm sure by by Sunday I will have come up with something awesome. But here Friday afternoon, I I don't have that. You've got a couple days, yet. and Mara. Yes.
1: If I remember correctly, are
2: you the date planner at your house? Okay, I, I just have to own my hypocrisy now. No, uh-huh. Of course not. <laughs> Chris Thank you. Chris is going to come you. through with something for the weekend, and I will be great. I'll be grateful for it. I'm yeah. horrible. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm the same. My husband and I usually, whether it's our anniversary, half the time birthdays, Valentine's Day, we just shake on it and say, please don't do <laughs> We are going skiing this weekend and we met skiing, so that's hot, right? That's, that's good. good. Yeah, yes, that's, nice. that's good. Okay. We got to talk about some serious issues that have nothing to do with Valentine's Day. So let's rename this. Come fight Up night. and it's Friday. Come Up and it's Friday.
0: Get no, ready, let's Mara. not call it
1: that. <laughs> uh, the Utah legislature has been digging into some interesting issues, and we also have an impeachment uh, hearing that's going on. What do we want to start with? Which one's making everyone more excited?
2: Yeah. Uh.
1: Let's start with the legislature. We're in yes. the middle. Mm-hmm. We're in, we're halfway, halfway through. through. We yep. are at the halfway mark. Of and the quickest um, legislative
0: session in America.
1: Yeah. So starting out the week, this feels honestly like a month ago. But Paris Hilton was here, uh, testifying on Utah's Capitol Hill. Does it matter that people like Paris Hilton come and talk issues? Does it sway you at all, Mara?
2: Okay. So I'm going to start by giving credit where credit is due. Okay. She she used her celebrity, and this is a substantive bill. It has consensus. It's meaningful. And it, it, it really matters. And good for anyone who has platforms and celebrity and will use it to do something important. But I, I want to pivot to where I was shocked. So the Twitter patient around a celebrity coming up. Now, again, add a, add a boy for Paris Hilton. Yeah. But watching the members... Of our house and Senate, fall over each other they were so and excited. tweet and just be astonished and and all the adjectives about how amazing she was. I mean, I'll just say there have been advocates that have been advocating for this bill for years, and I I just ask our esteemed elected officials, you know, pick out a couple of extraordinary Utahns who are testifying every day in front of them. You hear amazing. I mean, Greg, when he was Speaker, you hear amazing stories you from do. people really who are who are talking about their own. Um, cities that they live in, maybe their neighbors, and just the bravery that it takes sometimes to speak that truth. There, I'm going to encourage them to maybe tweet out about some of those rock stars from Utah too. I mean, the the stars in the eyes were quite something. So I was.
0: So I this was a, this is a difficult topic because you don't want to demean the topic in it's which Paris Hilton matter, arrived. Yes. It is absolutely so. I'm going to follow Mara's lead here, which feels intuitively wrong to follow your lead. <laughs> but I will say this, uh, to the extent that, that she had an experience that she had the courage and that she wanted to share and that she wants to see change, I do applaud that. I will say that pop culture has hit a whole new level in America and in the Utah State uh, Senate. I, I always called the Senate the House of Lords, the, the old and the slow, Okay. You, I'm now convinced they all have TMZ as an app on their phone. This is like, this was, they were just falling over Paris Hilton like it was the biggest deal in the world. They were just, they were giddy. I mean, it was like, it was... I was a little surprised. I was I a was little because she's young and pretty, but she's not that surprised. young anymore.
1: I think she's almost 40 like Whoa, the rest of yeah. us, right? Wow,
2: that's yeah. but, um, TMZ I think standard. I
1: think it is an important issue, although I should note there, there were a lot of pictures tweeted this week of Sarah Fry, too, which I think she's a brave, amazing young yeah. woman. They're talking about the DUI crash she was involved in. But yes, definitely I think everyone had their Paris Hilton.
0: Oh, selfie. they were, the people were enamored, to say the least. And I thought it was a little little much, but... The topic was good, so okay.
2: and the bill's moving through. That's yes.
1: Right. Should it pass? Yes. I think it will. Yeah, okay. I,
0: I do. I think those safeguards are appropriate. It's sad that it, it took this long. If you think about it, so
1: it is true. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a bill. Yesterday, we were talking about the no-knock warrants uh, ban is moving forward. This one, Greg, is on the table because we saw in the Breonna Taylor case a no-knock warrant. There, we've had a couple pretty scary issues here in Utah. Uh, connected to a no-knock warrant. I remember one where multiple police officers were shot. Are they a good idea? Is it time to get rid of them? So it's
0: it's a really tough issue, and I, and I will tell you that one of the, the toughest parts about public safety is, is the lack of real data. You, you want to know that there are real problems that are happening that you can document and you know that you're addressing. You need a baseline. It's hard. Uh, the way that law enforcement agencies report certain uh, statistics or data um, how that can be politicized and how pending cases are, are moving through the process and what you can say at, you know at different times I'll just say this uh, the way that no knock warrant uh, bills have been pushed through they want you to wait for a certain amount of time at the door they want to they want you to know how how large the the build, the, the home may be so you can estimate how long it would take from the furthest point to get to the door a lot of them call that uh, th- that doorway the uh, the funnel of death, where that doorway is particularly dangerous, I think you'll hear from law enforcement that no-knock warrants, because of some of the the danger, the danger on both sides. Those that wouldn't know who's trying to the invade unknown. their home, in uh, the hours they may come in, versus maybe picking someone up when they're out going somewhere, uh, and the danger to the people inside, but the danger to those officers. I I'm convinced that uh, you're not seeing it as much because of the problems that we have seen. We got to be careful how how prescriptive people that don't understand law enforcement and the and the risks involved are uh, are telling law enforcement how they can do that. I think at this point, if you think someone's in imminent harm, I don't think it's an issue of they're going to flush the drugs down the toilet. So we want to catch them before they do it. That's not a high enough reason. That's not that doesn't Matt, reach a threshold where you would want to do something like that. Uh, I I'm being told that those circumstances where that would happen would be only be when they think someone's uh, in imminent danger, and and to save them or to get to them is is absolutely critical. Man, that's hard to to understand or to be able to articulate from a public policy place only or citizen advocacy. It's a it's a tough issue. I know the bill's going through the process. I I will tell you. A lot of people are working with the bill sponsor representative hall to try and find a, a balance to what he's after
1: i'm guessing mara's had some conversations and before we let you go just in case you're new to the podcast or don't know much about mara her plus one when she goes to uh, fancy events is a former salt lake city police chief uh, burbank so i'm
2: guessing This is a conversation you have around the dinner table. We do. We do talk about uh, 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 law enforcement a lot around the dinner table. And I think in a year that has a slew of law enforcement bills, this is among the best. And I think... Uh, for me particularly what's important is it changes protocols um, of police. so a lot of our solutions when we look at use of force particularly tend to be around gathering and education. Education is terrific, but in and of itself it's not a change to the system it, it''s a, it's attempting to change the individual officer and so let's uh, go at that I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, discourage those, but they're a certain kind of change. When we're talking about systemic change, which I really like about this bill, is we're at least talking about change. As, yep. Greg, as Greg has said, I mean, we got to balance that. The reason I think this is important on no-knocks, as Greg has suggested, we're seeing fewer and fewer used. But this is a point in the moment between law enforcement and the public where we've chosen to use force. And, and I think we're, we're relying on the discretion and, and law enforcement's good judgment in this, but it's this, this moment in time where use of force is warranted. And so I think asking for additional reflection and maybe even some additional bureaucracy before you choose a moment of use of force is a really powerful statement. Um, statistics are showing that this is a smart bill for Utah. We're a little slow in adopting some of these, and this would come. From from former Chief Burbank, and that this is a really solid way to insert um, less propensity for use of force into the system, which which I really think is where we have to head.
0: I want to say this too, a little bit behind the curtain on on process. Uh, When you watch politics, certainly if you're watching national politics and seeing the talking heads at night, you just think that there's two positions: there's a no-knock warrant, you know, a ban, or you have to knock and you have to wait a certain amount of time versus. Law enforcement, they would say that's too dangerous and we shouldn't be able to do that. And so it's one side of a coin or the other. I will tell you this, I've watched, law enforcement will sit down with bill sponsors. They will share their concerns and, and things that they want to make sure are addressed. And 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 the bill sponsor, Representative Hall, he's going through that thorough process. And I just want listeners to know that you want that in public policy. You want to see where common ground can be found. And so it's, it's a process that takes place that, uh, isn't as strident, and it isn't so, you know, live or die by the sword as we see national politics tend to be. So I think that it, it is going through that process right now. If they can find that common ground, it remains to be seen. But I do know it's uh, – it was. I think it was even on an agenda today, and it was held. The bill sponsor held it because of the continuing discussions that are going on, and that's always a good thing. I think when people are talking – uh, through the, a bill like that, that's what you want to see. That's what I think the public at the risk wants of being out of too their representatives agreeable on
2: this Valentine's weekend. <laughs> I think. I mean, I think what you're right about too is I worry when we talk. Uh, you know, we're at a, a time of social consciousness about law enforcement and use of force, particularly in how Black and Brown communities are being used. And as we have these discussions. I'm really hopeful that we don't continue to throw down blanket litmus tests of are you for or against law enforcement? Are you for or against um, minority communities? Because those aren't productive conversations.
1: Absolutely not. And we have to remember that, as you mentioned, this is a risk, a no-knock warrant to the police officers. It's a risk to the people inside. So it's really a conversation about how do we make this safer? How do we yep. make it smarter as we move forward for everyone? Because I don't think any police officer goes to work and wants to go serve a no-knock warrant and find out what the heck happens next either. It doesn't yeah. sound fun. But it's this hard. Staying- Issue hard
2: issue of dealing with the moment there is worthwhile, right? Absolutely. Let's stop with the low-hanging fruit already and get to some harder issues. Let's talk about the hard
1: issues of money here at the state of Utah. (laughs) I've got several on the table here. I don't think the bill has been submitted, but I do understand that there's a Utah tax break bill written. We have billions of dollars in the state. We've been doing well. We've got our coffers full. Mara, do we give some of the money back to the state of Utah, to the people who need it right now who are suffering? Or do we keep it because the rainy days are going to keep coming and no tax breaks for you?
2: So, uh, so I'm on the minority side and saying if I were in charge, I would probably keep some of it. Um, that's not what we're hearing. <laughs> for I'm the, so surprised for, for the state and I'm our rainy down. day funds. But because um, I think that that is conservative economics. But really, what we're hearing from leadership is that's not what's going to happen. They really invested in putting forth a tax break. You said something intriguing, Heidi, that we've been watching is it's 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 been out in the hallways uh, for a couple of weeks that we are going to see this tax cut. It's a foregone conclusion. You hear it from all sides of leadership, and there is just no sign of it. There's no even protected notice. It's a curious thing. It's a, is it a thing, trial no? balloon of sorts Perhaps. to see if we want it. And or part what of it is final budget numbers come out next week, right? Yeah. And maybe maybe that's what they're waiting they, they, they They're they fat with money right now. Maybe they're waiting for the last results. Dollar, yep. dollar
1: bills, yo. Are you <laughs> wanting to hand them out? Like Santa Claus,
0: Greg? <laughs> Heidi, I am a supply cider. I believe that more of the dollars that are are kept inside of households Uh, people that are able to keep what they earn uh, they spend those dollars they spend it on household you know their groceries on their mortgage on their rent their kids clothes this economy is not run by what government spends this economy is run by economic activity and the more that people are able to keep more of those dollars and use those dollars in our economy I think that that strengthens everything and that's what sees that's how we see our tax receipts grow it's because people are prospering, and that's what that's that's so that's the general philosophy that I subscribe to. So I've never seen a tax cut I didn't like. Actually. Are we going to
2: see a tax cut? Where is it? What, I don't know. What you are your point people is true. doing? I haven't seen, why why I haven't, haven't they
0: shown us? I haven't seen it either. I haven't. In fact, I've actually heard the office. You're on the
1: outside now, Greg. They <laughs> no, didn't show yeah, you. I don't. This I'm not. Rude.
0: I'm not getting any of the memos anymore. I don't. I don't see where any of this is happening. But I did hear a scary one. Um, when we saw the the shutdown, the economic shutdown, there were businesses that were saying, uh, "Excuse me, uh, this isn't an economic downturn. This is by government mandate. We can't we can't open our doors. Our employees can't we can't pay them if we don't have a business uh, being operated." So we saw that the federal effort for the uh, paycheck protection, what was it called? Paycheck PPP. Pay-
1: P- 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 yes,
0: PPP. P- pe- paycheck. It's a tongue protection program. Program. Yeah. So the the whole concept was. How do we bridge this time where really the whole country was shut down? How do you keep, keep payroll? How, do you, how are you able to keep things afloat? Because if everyone loses their job and your business goes out of business, the cost, the social cost of that is even higher. Well, the federal government's not looking to tax those dollars that are actually a loan and there's some things you can do to where basically if you it. used
1: it to keep your lights on pay your rent and pay your employees it was supposed to be tax-free yeah on but, the federal <laughs> on level until federal we didn't level. think about it
0: so if the state is talking about a tax cut why are they talking about taxing the the PPP assistance that there was going on I find that to be odd I think that it wasn't money that the state uh, generated or appropriated themselves and to uh, tax it, uh, would be, it would be would be Especially if you're talking about a tax cut at any point, I think that taxing that uh, that assistance is is wrong. Frankly, the- again, that's not big government, and that's not an entitlement program. Government stopped people from doing what they were doing. They just artificially said, or for whatever reason you want to attach to it, you can't stay open. You cannot do this. How do you keep your employees uh, – imp- how do you make payroll in, in, in circumstances like so
2: that? So I, I first join you in applauding the federal government for the actions that they took wow, on the Wow, this is a love affair. State. It is valid. Uh, so thank you for liking the federal government, Greg. This is a real Oh, I like day, them. Like, I'm we'll saying,
0: say, look, they, they foisted wh- this stupid plan on watching, us. They better pay up.
2: What we should be watching is uh, – no action is action by our legislature, right? So when we when we talk about the fact that it looks like the state of Utah is going to make small businesses, particularly of which I am one, um, pay taxes on their PPP loans, I would just point out what you're watching for is not a bill that inserts that. It's in fact... That would be the status quo on income. It would it would be incumbent on our legislators to ask that that not happen. So what we're watching for is, this is it happening to, in quiet tax meetings. Yes, on the side. we need to have some voices stand up and say that wasn't the intent. This money is still needed. Uh, there are many businesses that are living in small increments right now. So that tax that you would revert back to the state is going to matter to these small businesses, and I think it really is a miss on the the state's part if they make businesses and uh, small businesses particularly pay the tax on this.
1: It is a confusing dialogue. We're talking about a tax cut. We're talking about taxing the PPP loans. And then at the same time, we have the $1.9 trillion stimulus, which is now looking more like $2.2 trillion. A lot of that money is said to go to states, counties, and municipalities. Uh, Mitt Romney was arguing that it should be more targeted because some states like Utah are doing well and don't need the money. In the Utah legislature, they're saying, we don't need the money, take it, you know, we don't even want it in the first place. Where do we stand on this? Because it stinks when everyone else gets money because you want the money. So do you take it anyways, or do you try to save the debt and say, we don't need it, I don't know what the answer is. It's a lot of money.
0: Well, what, what rubs me wrong is that you had some governors of some states that made decisions to shut down their economy in ways that I would argue is reckless. I think that uh, they... if. Absent the federal aid, I don't know what those states are going to do. They don't print money. They have to balance budgets. Yep. And they have shut down their economy to such a great extent. You've seen other states that were trying to manage this and and not do that because they understood at the end of the day, only the tax revenue that arrives is how they pay their bills. To those states that decided, California, New York, that they were going to completely shut everything down, you're seeing these cities empty out, you're seeing these businesses closed at such a, a high rate, they won't be able to to go forward without federal without federal assistance but you know what i mean
1: do we give them our federal assistance it's irresponsible it, it,
0: their their decisions were irresponsible they you know everybody's been trying to grapple with this every state has to to bail out the the you know the bluest and the most liberal states because they they weren't watching any of this and states that were mindful of this and not trying to destroy its own economy uh, i i think it should be pared down i would like to I don't want this to be a big blue state bailout. but uh, do with we say no money. to the money
1: here in Utah? Do we say no, thank you? We Yeah, don't need I
0: don't it. think we need it. no. I don't I don't wanna take more federal money and I don't wanna take it just because states like New York and, and California don't know how they're gonna survive without it. But I think there's a point to be made that they can't survive without it and guess what? I don't know where you got that. I don't know where the, the idea came they could is, have a, a golden not parachute the time like to that. be
2: parochial. Or I don't like, and peanut gallery on other people's. Because the reality uh, is, you don't know the situation, Greg. and yeah, I, I mean, we're looking from the inside out. I know out, the whole thing. But, I've watched it. But <laughs> oh, have, have you watched it on your Fox News yeah. network? Um, <laughs> I've sorry. been watching this thing. They're, these <laughs> poor businesses are all dying on the vine. Got, it's
0: just the hey, saddest thing. I was it? quiet. And their infection rates aren't any higher than so any other So I
2: think in response to global pand- pandemic, in a global pandemic, in a goal being, let's jumpstart our economy, let's get the money where it needs... Let's get the money where it needs. If a state like Utah, let's think in terms of these United States for a minute. And, I mean, I hope they do that. And I don't see the Democrats, frankly, doing this either with the next round of – issuing stimulus because, you know, people are getting it that don't need it. Individuals are getting it that don't need it and others need a bigger gap. And so I do think in this round two and what I suspect is round versions of round three and four in the future, we need to be more strategic about need with the end being getting the economy going again. I don't think you can look at a society that decides that a bank is too big to fail, but in fact there's a part of government structures or there's a part of um, propping up the rest of the economy that is is too big to fail. So right. that philosophy of not just getting the economy moving. I mean, this is this is, this is is quintessential trickle down for you. These are going right into the pockets of those who need it. And so I think Utah should take a pass if they don't need it. I think there should be enough leeway in the law to um, maybe pick and choose a little, that it's not zero sum. You either take it all, you don't take it all. Because I think often, as you presented, Heidi, given those choices, sometimes you say, Okay, I'll take all of it because I might need some of it, right? Yeah. Let's get a little more sophisticated about jump starting well, or and I, continuing to start. And I will our economy. say that as
0: I'm as I'm thinking through this, there there certainly are economic sectors in Utah that have been uh, pummeled and yeah. that they have been harmed and they are not okay
2: for no reason of their for, own, right? N- and
0: no reason of their own. Our restaurant industry is absolutely one of those events. I mean, we used to have a lot of events. We had a lot of marriages, a lot, a lot of weddings going on. We had a lot of events going on in this uh, state. Those companies are gone. They're and not. Now, luckily, not, people
1: know they can do them in their backyards now, which makes me feel bad for the businesses. But as a mom who might have to pay for weddings, <laughs> I'm like, awesome! The swing set can be decorated you know perfectly. What? I have a daughter. You know this, <laughs> see, th- I, I did not consider that the Heidi. Here, Greg. I'm mm-hmm. thinking.
0: You know what? There might be a silver lining there. But no. I, so I, when I said, you know, we should not accept any of it. If if you do see some of these industries and they are out there, I, I that have have lost everything or they they can barely hang on if they can hang on. I think we should be sensitive to that. I'm just probably fatigued by some of the draconian decisions made in Illinois and New York and California that I, I think were problematic from the day they decided they were going to do what they did. And absent the government, federal government bailing them out, those states would, you know, they, they kind of made their bed. I
2: don't Absinthe, know. the federal government coming to our assistance, Greg, we would not be in the situation we're in. I, I just, again, I think I mean, some, remember some are in the different state of situations. Utah is who's considering taxing me, not, look, not the federal we're government. We're going to see
0: those numbers come out, the fiscal analyst numbers come out, and I think we're going to see a lot of our sectors that are healthy and are doing well. I don't think every state has uh, ec- their economic sectors doing the same, and I think it's largely from the decisions they made Uh, as a state early on and and so that's I guess that's where I'm you know we did a lot of cutting last year Uh, when I say we the legislature did a lot of paring back of the budget Uh, there was a lot of uh, hard decisions made trying to weather this storm I don't think every state did that and I I do have a problem with trying to Uh, treat them all
2: equally we're well managed we're a terrific state we're also a growing western state so let's not thanks for noticing let's not be naive You two are so cute. Uh, I want to talk another
1: bill here. See, it's the Valentine's. It's just got to come out. Uh, This one is a sensitive topic. It's one that a lot of people are wondering why it's even on the docket, but now that we're talking about it, we're going to. Uh, Transgender girls in sports. A House committee voted on Thursday to pass a measure seeking to stop transgender athletes from participating in girls' sports at Utah Public Schools. I'm just going to put it out there. I think it's got to be hard. For girls in general, whether you're a transgender girl, regular girl, thinking about sports, because parents are coming and testifying and saying, you know what, I want my girl to be able to go out there and compete on an even playing field on the track field. And then a parent of a transgender girl is like, I need her to be able to compete. How do we do this? How do we make it make sense? How do we be fair, Mara? Is there a way to do it?
2: Sure. There's a lot of ways to do it in this area. So first, let me say from my seat, this is um, a message bill that is targeted at high school girls and is not called for and is harmful and will likely do more harm than good. And so I'll back away a little bit from that to say this is a body of – thought that has had a lot of consideration by a lot of esteemed bodies from my point of view. You've got the Olympic Committee who has standards and rules around trans athletes. You have um, the National Olympic, you have the International Olympic Committee, you have the NCAA, you have the high school sports associations, you have civil rights groups who have, we have a large body of statute, if you will. They're not necessarily all laws, but we have a, a large body of esteemed groups who have studied and opined and made decisions on this complex issue and why the state legislators would decide that this was their area of expertise, I think, is some of the fault in the bill. And I think that's, for me, why I call it a message bill. So I look and say message bills are when there is guidelines, rules, and statutes that have been um, put forth by able and specialized groups. And one of the other things you see in a message bill is it usually comes with a big red flag that says, hey, likely this is unconstitutional, and likely this might be um, something that the state will have to defend in a court of law. It goes hand in glove with the fact that there are already positions and issues on these complex topics. Absolutely, I agree, it's a complex topic. I think this is a standard example of overreach by the legislature. I think it is in a message bill format, and to have it only focused on high school girls, I think, is harmful and egregious and something we should move away from as a matter of practice, as a matter of law, and certainly just our approach to our kids needs to be about the kids and not how we feel about larger environments we have a lot of good um we already have a lot of good information about how to deal with trans students and how they want to participate in sports and i say let the experts decide and the legislature should step off
1: so greg why is this happening did something happen in an athletic event here in utah that brought it to the forefront or why is this a bill that's made it i think it was i think
0: it was uh a President Biden's executive order that was willing—they're—they're they're looking at withholding federal funds for schools that are not accommodating for transgender athletes or transgender accommodations in our public schools, which would include sports. I'll just tell you this: um, if you have a kid in sports, and I—and I—you know, sports are a big deal. It's—it's it's part of the extracurricular activities. If we are going to take this issue, and we want to talk about a message, Bill, transgender. Females or transgender, I don't even, a guy that thinks he's a girl and wants to play in those finite spots on a basketball team, a soccer team, or whatever it is, and takes the place of somebody else, it is, it is a competitive disadvantage. It is wrong, and it is hard for these girls that want to compete in sports to be pulled into the political discussion about transgender people, athletes, where they fit in, and what I find, if it is, if we are going to focus on these children... And if we do find that we have students that are having grappling with some pretty serious issues, and and look, kids are cruel. This I've never seen. I I I can only say that I've I've I've, you know, I've been around this environment or this circumstance once in a high school. The parents and the and the student were were so protective of the privacy of the student, and it was such an important issue and really a traumatic one on how to use a restroom. Forget sports. Forget about the, you know. All those discussions that we're having about the competitiveness of sports, how about being able to use a restroom and not feel like you're a spectacle or not feel nervous or afraid or not want to be mocked? Those are the real issues I believe that these young people are confronting, that we have to do a better job of making sure that we can help those families and those students that are going through this. When I see the neon lights around, we want them, everyone, to play sports, that's the message, Bill. That's where I think these, kids, these students that are grappling with these issues are being used for a larger mission uh, uh, message and a broader agenda that I don't think touch on the lives of those families the state and those
2: legislatures students. who's politicizing this issue. The issue is not political. They didn't. Cr- they didn't make it up. It, yeah, they it, it did is make one it up. There's brought, no that executive order is there what is brought no this incident. upon them. The bill sponsor cited no Utah incidents except for an out of state track meet. This is a. This is a, a ha- firewall, nail looking Mara. for a, a hammer looking for a nail. And Wh- Greg, there's no position. The, the legislature at one point needs to acknowledge they have expertise not in this area, and we have really smart yeah. organizations like the high school sports if association, you- <laughs> like the ncaa who have already made recommendations in this area there's no need for people who don't have the expertise or the wherewithal on this issue to opine upon it and so why does the legislature is this highest and best use of your time i hear over and over 45 days we've got a lot to cover and to target high school girls in the 45 days you have it's unconscionable
0: it's not target; it's to protect them it's to protect the, the integrity of the sports in which they're playing and i'll tell you this you talk about the High School Activities Association. They've been uh, embroiled in a lawsuit in terms of having girls football, where there is a desire to have girls football. So and policy so been best the, to the people. Why isn't this the representative
2: courts? just going and talking so, to the agencies
0: that govern this? Because I'll tell you. Be proactive on this. When you have an executive order signed by Biden that says that they could withhold Craig, your federal funds. we're talking about state funds. politics.
2: You can't roll up no, no, no. to everything to that the Democrats no, no. They, suck. They, that no, no, that no. can't They're, be the universal they answer. Creating,
0: they are creating a, an atmosphere where 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 this, where sports can be interrupted, and if you don't comply, you can lose your federal funding. which we know public schools need their Title One dollars that are federal funds. This is a firewall to say that, there are, that the state legislature is creating the standard so that the
2: school district or the is there. schools love don't have feeling. to do the it. The standard is there because I will tell you this is subject to immediate lawsuit because everyone agrees, including the legislative council, for whom opined that this is certainly about to have a reckoning of the constitution. There, it, there isn't no, there's no legal merit for this. There's no precedent. I'm glad for to it. hear
0: you be so worried about the the constitutionality of something because we. I love I, the constitution. Look, You're the
2: one that keeps telling the, my people that we don't was, love it. You know, I love the constitution. When there was a uh,
0: what was it was it a kitchen versus uh, Utah there was yeah. a there was a there was a lot of people that said that referendums are solid they they've been protected and you saw they that are. they are that they're in our constitution const- or
2: you guys would have written out always, the power to the people you there you can
0: always challenge the constitutionality of something and some of those exercises really do land on what the policy ought to be this is a this is a debate worth having this I'm going to tell you that, irresponsible that harmful no way bill. girls participating in girls sports do not need to be. I think, harmed by this broader agenda about transgender. And so transgender. you throw
2: out all the experts who have already dealt with this complex The experts issue. have not
0: said that this should happen this way and that transgender athletes should be taking the Only place the of, legislature. Of... of of I mean, sports you're representing your
2: former body well in the mantra of only the legislature no knows. This is
0: this is they're getting in front of an issue that is coming. This no. isn't going away. It's not. I think you got to get that legislative right. Intent Politicizing out early. of
2: these children is coming, and it's no. unconscionable. We're doing Greg it. Greg and Mara it's both have daughters. God bless America, and they want the best for yeah, them. Yeah, and
0: they were both high school athletes. I'm telling you right now, my daughter played in high school high school sports, and I would hope that she would have a chance. I want her to be able to have that experience. So.
2: Yes, and your daughter plays high school sports as well, right? She does. She actually plays uh, against the team that this rep coaches for. So, Ooh, there you go. interesting. <laughs> Ooh, okay, I intrigue. feel like I need a mental. That's a real health that's a this. real problem here. You see this? It all boils down to Mara wants to beat
0: this other team. That's all this now is. Now we know. All this rhetoric. Oh my
1: god. Why did you just come why didn't you come clean with that in the beginning? And then we know. And i we know. know. Here's another interesting bill, uh, one they were talking about yesterday about whether students should get mental health days. I know if I needed a mental health day when I was a kid, my mom would not have allowed that, first of all. But if I did, I think I would have just called in sick. Do we need to specifically allow students, Mara, to say, I'm ha- I need a mental health day. I need to stay home. Or can they just call in and have a sick day?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I'm a little mixed on 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 this. I think what's most important to me is calling out mental health as a health issue, right, and demystifying um, mental health and demystifying what kids are going through when they're feeling stressed and anxiety. So I really like bringing to the forefront that mental health and health are joined together, that they're, one's not more important than the other. They're all health. Yeah. They're all health. Now, whether we could just generically ask for a day off, um, uh, you know it, it 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 feels a little micro government to me which I'm surprised I'm not a fan of in that way but having said that I'm gonna lean on demystifying mental health issues and really saying to people it's okay to use that uh, I think right now what happens is kids are feeling stress and how it manifests is they tell their mom they have a headache or they they say they're sick and yeah. so let's call what we're feeling what we're feeling that's really healthy this this need to dial in you know two or three more lines of the legislature. If that's the means to the end, so be it. But the end should be, yeah, mental health is a real thing. It is real. Should we give kids an actual mental health day
1: or should they just call in sick if they need to stay home and take a deep breath? I, and well, really it's their mom who uh, so does it for them. The
0: scary, part, the scary part is that we are seeing uh, suicide rates amongst teens skyrocket, and, it, and it's terrifying. And it's and it's something that I have a hard time getting my head around is our quality of life uh, improves as you know, time goes uh, goes on and, and, and you know, I, I joke that I live in Draper and I always tease that my kids are Draper soft. You know, Boston Strong? Oh, well, we're Draper soft. I, uh, these kids grow up <laughs> without a day of want. And so I just don't understand. And so I, I have a hard time getting around it, my head around it. What I will say that is that we do have to spend and ask for, you know, expertise in this space. And we have to do something because kids are – Taking their lives and it's and it's it's we, we can't be okay with that. Does it get down to this health day? All I can do is think about myself. When I was in high school, I would be declaring that day every day. I I don't your know, life I mean, is a
2: mental health. i oh, yeah. Great. I
0: would just be saying I'm just I'm having one of those days. I need a day. I, I I just you know the theories always sound good, but how do you practically apply some of these things uh, with our youth and how do we do that if that is. If someone can tell me that there that is a silver bullet in some way that that is gonna improve uh, the conditions and the welfare of our children I'm game but you better show me how because I can tell you a thousand ways how that could be abused and it won't actually really get to the heart of the issue we're talking about so I don't know I I just pendulum swing um, you know government sometimes does nothing or overreacts and is this an overreaction I don't know I it's a tough space for me because I don't understand it entirely. But I, I, th- I think that giving these automatic health, st- I can't even say it without laughing. I just think there's a lot of kids. Or, I mean, they're a not. To be fair, they're
2: not automatic. It's just that you don't have to pretend it's another. You issue. Don't have to pretend I mean, you have a stomach. You, ache. So I, I, they're they're just saying let's call this out. And I think mainstreaming mental health. Greg, I mean, we were joking, and I'm gonna. Yeah. Lie, the jokes are fair, but when we talk about like I'd have a mental health day, that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about mental health is real and I it's agree serious. It's real, but I, and th- does so this let's default uh, to saying let's. Do we have how many? That. days? Is
0: that a one day a year thing? Is that a two day? I mean, what what are we talking? You're about? arguing I
2: essentially th- against yeah. personal responsibility, and I'm okay with people self-reporting. Greg, Look, I'm okay with personal responsibility. I thought this through.
0: I just thought this through. If I was a scene, if I was in high school right now, and COVID. One of the symptoms is, is that you can't taste or smell.
1: I still can't smell. I,
0: by the way, we talked about this before. You're down to like the one percentile. Ooh. Yeah, I know you're you very special, More special on by the this. Moment. You are. You're getting <laughs> the longer that takes, the lower the percentage, <laughs> which means you're very special. I would just declare every day I can't taste. I would, I would just, yeah. I would, I would. Greg, you we can't all know you're it. that guy. You can't you know prove you're it. that guy. I, I mean, talk about, do we still use the word hooky? Playing hooky because I would be playing hooky every day you know, with some of these little things you talk class. about. We yeah, we talked about playing hooky. I'm just telling you that I just <laughs> there's a lot of kids that don't like school for reasons beyond what we're saying. But you don't want to. I
1: mean. I don't know. Reason number 42, know. we're
2: not standardizing yeah, laws to your behavior. Have a like, conversation
1: with yeah. your kids. Know how they're feeling. And I think parents know best when their kids might need a deep breath and stay home and when they might need to say, put your big girl panties on and go to school. Because we all have days we don't want to go to work or go to school, but you do. So maybe it starts a conversation in our own homes about or, you know, how or, we're feeling and how we're Let me ask doing. you to
0: this, and I honestly want to know this. Do okay. we still believe that tough times make people tougher or do tough times harm people? Because I'm of the school, I'm the old school thought that tough times don't last, tough people do. And if you if you confront adversity and you, you know, not that it's easy, not to demean it, but when you overcome adversity, you become stronger as a human being. These are life skills, and you know that that you can take with you the rest of your lives. Are young people should it be so easy? Is I, I just don't.
1: I think that's generally is, is, true, but there are tough, real mental illness days yeah. where you need like. But there
0: are I tough don't know times not is is that bad now are we I mean but what do we
2: yeah I'm with Heidi as long as we can separate this a little bit from the last conversation I don't want this to sort of bleed into that but I will say you know healthy kids are resilient kids not successful right when we know from so much information that you shouldn't tell your kid that they're the best and that they're so smart because eventually being smart runs out but if you tell kids that they work hard and that's why they're doing well they never have to run out of hard work and so right I think resilience is is a healthy kid I I will say not not to go too far afield on this but Greg I was struck when you say we're 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 living in the best times ever we are from some markers right from some markers of like health and sanitation and electricity and being able to be super bougie about everything we do but I, I don't know that that's necessarily true we've lost contact with a lot of things I think that technology is a, a gift and a stress I mean I think to to think that Teenage lives aren't more complicated in a way that we don't understand It not quite fair. I mean, I won't go too far afield, but I do remember I, I lived in Uganda for a while, and I came back, and this very American approach of like, oh... How was it? I mean, they must have been so unhappy. And I'm thinking that is such an American thing to think that wealth and access to Selvin TVs is the key to happiness, right? Oh, I yeah, mean, it's relationships and grounding and space and mental health. Okay, so, so but let's. I don't know if we're this. living Maybe in the we're best of too times.
0: Involved in this detail, but look, my mother was a was a single mother, and she struggled, and she wasn't. She never wanted a, just a nine to five job. She because she always believed if she had a straight commission job, she'd make a zillion dollars. But the problem with commission jobs is you can make nothing as well. So there'd be times where our power would be off or we wouldn't have food and, and where we we had we were getting kicked out uh, because my mother didn't pay the rent so you know you learn to adapt or you learn to you know move you know be nimble with what's going on around you that's beyond your control is that i I will tell you that I think that made me a stronger person my experiences i I, I wouldn't want I made sure i didn't my children didn't live through those experiences I wouldn't want them to but I don't think that I'm worse for it I actually think that it helped informed who I who I am right now. So that's the balance. I, I don't underst- I'm I'm sincerely asking, are those tough times and those tough experiences that you 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 confront when are no fault of your own when you're young, can that make you a stronger individual? Can you be ready for life and, and be more prepared when you are confronting those hard times? And I do think those times when I think back were tougher than <laughs> the one the lives of my kids, kids are growing up with. I kids only have to go
1: to school four days a week right now. They've I got know, their Fridays at home. It's very relaxing. Mm-hmm. Did do I do my
0: kids a disservice because they've, they've, they've had the power on the whole time? They've yes, never known? that did I? Did I did you I, did should I, did at least go mess mess yeah. the, the box up? Up? <laughs> out, out There's back still time. To kick time. them outside this weekend, <laughs> yeah, Greg. I know. See if they
1: like camping in the snow. Okay, we're out of time, but I do want to touch on the fact that we are holding an impeachment trial this week. We had the defense. President Trump's team up today. They only took two hours of their allotted sixteen hours. Uh, some people say that's a good thing, bad thing. They said they wanted to give the people of America at the time back in Congress. Was there anything you heard that touched you or made you think that's going to change minds, or wasn't what we expected? Greg, you'll get to go first on this. Yeah, one. I
0: didn't watch it. I've been I've watched little clips here and there, but I don't take it seriously. President Trump is not in office. I don't find it constitutional. I don't see a chief justice sitting on the dais of the Senate. I see a, a the Democrat senior Democrat of the of the Senate. Uh, we we only had, what, two in American history before we've had two in the last year. Um, I think it's been politicized. I think this is only to, to try to find a conviction in the Senate to prevent him from being a political candidate in the future. I, it, it certainly has no bearing on him serving as president. And so I've just – it's just it's sad. I mean, all this talk about wanting to be unified and, and bring this country together while we're going through this – I think it's a farce. I don't think it's real. I don't think it's what the separation of powers is meant for. Um, And so, no, I've watched little bits and pieces, um, but I've, I've, I've been generally turned off by the whole exercise.
2: So there's so much to unpack when Greg talks about impeachment, so I have to really pick and choose. Just agree, and, and, then and it's very what quickly. I, what I want to <laughs> go through. through, and, and he's in mourning, and you know, I won, he lost, so I want to be benevolent yeah, in there a little bit, rub it in. but I, I think a w- couple interesting things are happening, and in, in, in this insistence that uh, the discuss that it's a political process, and I want to say, right, impeachment is a political action, not, you know, a civil or legal action, and, um, I, you know, I also think it's interesting, Heidi, to what you alluded to, it is a foregone conclusion, so so how does one argue, as I would, that it's important even though it is a foregone conclusion? And I think the heart of it for me is the incredible uniqueness of the discussion of an insurrection. Every other impeachment has essentially been about a subsequent behavior, lying, right? We're not – the, the, the president lied at one point. It was really the topic. We're talking about insurrection. So on face, it's worth the time. I'm, I'm going to change this subject to another topic I hope we bring up again, which is – Utah Republicans are very relevant to this conversation. I know, let's we had a them bunch off of here them. real
1: quick. So Mitt Romney and Mike Lee, first of all, had split votes. Mitt Romney wanted to move forward, Mike Lee didn't. Uh, we've seen surveillance in the first day that was never bes- uh, before seen surveillance showing Romney uh, being turned around by a Capitol Police officer, Eugene, I've just forgotten his last name. Anyhow, he's famous now. We've seen him. Uh, turning him around, a lot of people saying essentially saving Mitt Romney's life, whether he saved his life or not. I don't know that we'll ever know because who knows where he was headed. But uh, he made a storing appearance. Uh, Mike Lee made a storing appearance yesterday uh, asking for one of his statements to be stricken or non-statements. I'm still a little confused. It was about a phone call with President Trump. And anyhow, I'm not sure what party had stricken. Uh, Governor Cox was used actually against the president, showing that... Governors are uh, saying that he should be impeached. So we've really so, here in Utah just
2: made a and one thing big I'm going to watch for the future with our little old state with our five federal yeah. representatives and our governor. We are having the full breadth and depth of the discussion that the Republican Party is having. From do we want to be a moderate? Are we a MAGA nation? Whose I'll vote are we, we going are. after? How? Um, what kind of a Republican we are? So I look at these representatives. I'm going to throw Cox in as the sixth one and say, man, Utah is really reflecting the the very hard discussion that the Republicans are having right now about who they are and what they stand for.
0: I'll tell you what the Republican Party is. It's a party of the middle class or the working class. It's a party of it's the race, color, and creed doesn't matter. We're not into yeah, identity you dusted politics. Off that mantra. And I'll tell you this right now. I what I learned from the Trump administration is as much as I have hated the left and the socialization of our our society. I hate crony capitalism with all my heart, and I think that crony capitalism and the powerful and the wealthy trying to drive things from afar, uh, these the way that we have tech oligarchs and all these things happen, I'm just so tired of it. I think the everyday people that are just trying to make their way have no representation in the climate that we're in. I felt that President Trump tapped into that and really was uh, speaking for the everyday people. And, I, and I'm telling you that that's the party I want to see the Republican Party Continue to be. I think they need to, to fight uh, for the, the Keystone pipeline and for the jobs that, that it comes with. I think being energy independent is important. I just saw mm-hmm. the the Costco uh, gas was 2 bucks a gallon. It, gasoline has not gone up in five years, maybe six years, because we are energy independent. I, before President Trump became president, I thought the best we could do was lower our d- dependence on foreign oil. There are things that... You know, it's a mixed bag. I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to tell you, the everyday people have not been represented by by Washington for a long, long time. And I want the Republican Party to be the one that represents the everyday people, and that's the party I that I I would love for to. that
2: Republican Party to show up, the likes of oh, which we haven't I'm seen. Here. I'm right but here. Heidi
0: I'm told us we right were here. over.
2: It is true. S- and, and I'm hoping spirit. that when I'm this sitting is right all i
0: right I'll get your registration card. If
1: you haven't seen it, oh, if you've, I'm missed, registered if you've missed the impeachment— um, the only thing that you should go watch at this point is Democrats have done some really I don't know what the word to use is because they're awful sizzle reels of the terrible things that happened inside the Capitol on January 6th. On the opposite end, uh, Republicans have come up with sizzle reels of really awful things that both Republicans and Democrats have said. And when I look at this, I think, is this what our kids should see as the best of America and politics? I think both sides are out of control. The way we speak to each other is nasty. It's Calls of violence from both sides. I mean, call a spade a spade. It's all nasty. It all needs to be dialed back. And I hope that we look at that and we all walk away and say, we can do better than this. Amen. Because we really can. And that's why we sit together and have a podcast. It's been fun hanging out. (laughs) Hope everyone has a really, really great Valentine's Day. Almost as fun as this. That's right. Thanks for watching, listening, whatever this is. Bye.